Hello, and welcome to the Lost Horror Podcast. This is your weekly podcast for all sorts of conversation about entertainment from all throughout time and memoriam. <laughs> um, but we mostly talk about films, which have only been around for about 100 years, give or take. Uh, and joining me, as usual, is my co-host, Eric Sayor. I feel like life is... Recent, recent life is that always both a dark comedy and a tragedy so if we're if if we're, we don't even have to look far to mix jars yeah yeah that's true um and i am marlon haro of course and as as eric was sort of hinting at um our our subject is going to be a list uh our, our personal lists of uh movies that don't necessarily fit into specific genres Movies that break genre in interesting ways, blend them. Um, and yeah, it should yeah. be an interesting episode. I, I feel like there's two types of those kind of movies. There's like mm. the ones that very obviously try to mix two, two, two different things. Mm. Uh, and there's those that are just trying to make an interesting film and then when you try to, qualif- uh, to classify it, it's like in 10 different categories. And I yeah. think both, both can be interesting. Like the first mm-hmm. one, when it's done really well, uh, is I, I think it makes very cool stuff. But I, I I really love the second one. Yeah, yeah. And there's also sort of, I, I think the third category is movies, and this is specific to movies that are part of a series, is that yeah. series evolve. So first movie in a series might be a little bit darker and a little bit more serious. And then as they go on, the tone changes. Um, so the genres kind of shift a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, also just up, up, up front, let us know after hearing this if you agree, disagree, all that stuff. Because uh, we like to hear that kind of stuff from people. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to start with your list? or? Yeah, I, I start with one of mine. Uh, a movie I watched on your recommendation, so I don't know if it's, it'll be on your list too. Uh, it's A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Um, yeah. A movie that's like, you starts out as a horror movie mm-hmm. and slowly transitions into like a romance, but not even the romance part feels subversive. Yeah. And it's all shot like it's a, a Sergio Leone Western movie. So mm-hmm. it, it's a, an interesting mix of all those different things. And it, it fits together in a particular style and a particular uh, aesthetic that very much a crossover of like romance and horror through the frame mm-hmm. of a Western because it's set in the desert. And there's and just comedy sort of bleeds in. It seems it just yeah. is part of the movie. Um, and I think one of the funniest moments I've ever seen is uh, like when she, when the little boy is bothering her, um, and she, <laughs> and she like bears her teeth. And I don't remember what she says, but she's like, "Or do you want my skateboard, little boy?" Or something like that. And the way she says it is just yeah, it's pretty great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, that's a good pick. Um, yeah, there's there's like a, a scene for me that really the scene in the middle that's when they're back at her apartment and 
she puts on a, a song by the white lies i think and mm. he he he's dressed like uh dracula for a dance party and she's she's the vampire one and he like gets close behind her and uh like he's about to bite her neck um mm. even though she's the vampire and then she turns around and it looks like they're gonna kiss but they don't and then it looks like she's about to bite his neck but she doesn't and it just ends up being like a, a, a sweet scene at the end and it's very you, your expectation gets subversed twice then it's very mm. it's very well done i think when you you're approaching uh something like so diametrically opposed as her and romance but like there's a place where they can meet and it's very i i, I love how that movie does that yeah yeah it's a, yeah it um it like you said it, it sort of subverts a lot of stuff but it also it um it uses it, it also uses a lot of yeah. tropes also. Yeah. like it's I think the closest movie I can think of that we've discussed on here before is um, Only Lovers Left Alive. Like, they're very similar movies in terms of their tone. Um, but um, it, it's interesting that the, because of the vampires in one of those movies, it's, they're just far older and far more over it. Um, <laughs> uh, they're sort of just like done with all of it. Um, the way that they think about things like, love it's just very different um but I, i i think that there's something about you know they use the horror tropes and sort of tropes that we have about vampires um to sort of inform sort of how this romance grows but it's not i feel like romance in a lot of vampire movies it's about obsession and this movie is not about obsession this movie is just about like a very natural somewhat natural relationship that sort of yeah. just develops over time between two people um and it's not this big grand uh thing um which i really enjoyed yeah you know it's very it's very well done on that end uh and also the visual style that's used that's not something you see a lot in horror movies or even mm -hmm. romance movies like every again it's it's shot a lot like uh like you're watching a western uh mm -hmm large uh, large pans and then uh, zoom to the faces to the eyes uh, when a lot of uh, scenes are shot like confrontations and like pretty much like when they're walking in the street kind of one on the two people one on each side of the road and it's following them both and it's it's I, I love how how she uses that style to make to to create tenseness when it's usually used to just like uh to create tenseness but also like to make you kind of scared or to give you that vibe of like uh the vampire being there in the background and creeping in and then mm. having those confrontations is is very well done yeah and i think another thing is um Well, it does again. It does subvert a lot of things, as as is the case in a lot of horror. She's not really the bad guy, um, which is something that I also thought that they did a very yeah. good job of. Um, society is kind of 
the bad guy in that movie, if I remember correctly. Um, and just the world at large that they're sort of living in um, really causes most of the conflict. Other than, remind me, there's some conflict after he sort of realizes what she is, some minor conflict. Um, uh, I feel like he goes back to his father and he's still like, and he's like, yeah, I'm done with that life and goes back to her. Yeah, that's, that's right. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Good choice. Very good pick, I would say. Um, certainly fits. All right. Um, I guess I will go to my next one, unless you had any sort of final thoughts yeah. on that no, one. No, go ahead. Um, so my first one, I'll go with something. I think this is the oldest thing on my list, actually. Um uh, Army of Darkness, um, the third film of Sam Raimi's classic Evil Dead trilogy. Um, and it is broadly defined as a horror comedy, um, but even that doesn't do it justice um, because it's just, it's insane. Like at the end, it becomes <laughs> a medieval war movie. Um, in parts, it's an action movie. It's, it it's even sci-fi because he gets like a robot hand like it's, it's there's there's large parts that are just basically jason and the argonauts <laughs> like yes yes there's an army of skeletons like it's yeah it's it it's very easy to see how this movie like shaped what i like as an adult now um and just, and that's the thing like scenes can go from extremely tense and scary to very funny uh, um very quickly uh, as as happened in evil dead 2 but it the levels just go crazy like it turns into slapstick three stooges um many many times during the third movie um ash fights an army of mini hymns um it's just uh there's a lot of harryhausen like references throughout that movie not just jason lee arkenos just so much so many sort of references to what must have been sam Raimi's favorite favorite movies as a kid um i think that's why the setting that's why king arthur shows up in the movie as a supporting character um so yeah uh lots of stuff in in there and also it's just it's it's not a bad movie like it's it's a very fun movie with a kind of a good plot and there is a character arc um which is something that the ash character doesn't usually have um he's usually just there to react to whatever to whatever's going on and to yeah. scream like a girl um because they wanted there to be a guy who screams and reacts to horrifying situations the way most men probably actually would react um but in this movie he has an arc which is he goes from being very selfish to caring about people um and he sort of becomes a superhero at the end like it's it's all over the place um and it's a it's a very fun thing to watch yeah yeah, yeah, I had a great time. I watched this movie before I watched any Evil Dead thing. I didn't know it was even part of the Evil Dead franchise. Mm -hmm. It just was a very weird experience, like a, a, a starting at one a.m. movie. Um, <laughs> after a few perfect. drinks, actually, yeah, no, it was perfect. It was it, it, it's a great time. It's so stupid and funny, 
I, I feel like it's the only reason why people call it horror is because the first it, the first movies were horror. I don't know. For me, it, there's like watching it independently. There was very little of that. Um, yeah, that is tr that is true. Except um, some gore stuff. Yeah, which... there are some. Yeah, there's some moments that are genuinely scary, like in the well um, or the pit or whatever. Um, but you're right. Like it's not it's not super scary. Um, there's more just like creepy elements throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's. Yeah, you're right. It's it's very. It takes a lot of a bunch of stuff and it creates a mix that feels completely unique and also very much part of that franchise. Mm -hmm. I yeah, I, I I think it's a great pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh go go watch go watch both of these films actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so far I think we're solid. Um did you want to go to your next one? Because yeah. I have nothing else for Army of Darkness. Yeah. Uh my next one is I don't know if you've seen uh, this movie. I think probably uh, Swiss Army Man. No, I actually haven't, just because of life and things. Um, okay, Swiss Army Man is a movie that uh, I feel like seventy-five percent of people like, twenty-five uh, percent love, and like twenty-five percent really twenty-five percent like a third of the people that like it love it. And like the rest mm -hmm. of the people like really hate it. Like one of my friends wanted to walk out of the theater. I saw a few mm -hmm. people actually walk out of the theater. <laughs> it's it's a weird thing. If you have no idea what it is, it's a movie where um Paul Dano finds himself stuck on uh, on an island after his ship crash, his sh uh, after a shipwreck, and finds the body of um Daniel Radcliffe. Uh who's basically a talking corpse that has like multiple weird powers. Like one of them being that uh, when he farts, when his body farts, his body can be used as a, like a, a motorboat. <laughs> his arm can be used to chop wood like an ax. It's very, it's, it's very weird because it's like the only non-real part of that whole universe is that body. And like when other people see it, it's just a body. It's, it's a weird surrealist thing, but also like it's, uh, Paul Dano's kind of, kind of, uh, you're not sure you're watching like a, an actual like fantasy story or you're watching Paul Dano's like just brain slowly breaking down. And it's also a love story, a love triangle even because, because Paul Dano is in love with this girl, but also he and Daniel Radcliffe are slowly falling in love. It's, it's, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a, it's a beautiful movie. I love it. I think it's super sweet. I think it's like, um, 
it's a directorial debut for the Daniels, who made like a bunch of uh, movie video, music videos before, and it really shows that in their style that it's like their first first movie, and if it's super worth watching. Okay, I think you. I don't know if you sold me on it, but I'm definitely hearing. I guess hearing somebody I know talk about it, like yeah, um, th that helps. Uh, yeah, and it was something that I was gonna see, but never got around to yeah um I, I think it's uh should be playing world a24 movie it's, i think it's an a24 movie so it should be playing on amazon in the u.s here it's on netflix it, it was my second favorite movie that came out i think or third like to somewhere in there i really had a great time watching this so and it's like I don't know. It doesn't have a, 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 a genre other than it's kind of a comedy at times, but also it's not really. Yeah, sounds sounds yeah. sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really I haven't seen it, so I have very little to say. Um, yeah. So no, it's a, yeah, yeah. Do you want to go with your next pick? Yeah, uh, I'm just gonna go in chronological order. My next pick is uh 1997's men in black uh starring will smith and tommy jones of course just for those who maybe haven't seen it um like me yes like eric which <laughs> i'll be honest that shocked me but that's that's beside the point um, i've seen men in black three <laughs> not that that's a bad movie but okay um but yeah uh men in black is it it says mystery science fiction on Google. I don't I don't know about that. It's 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 so much more. It's a cop movie and a sci-fi movie and a comedy, and in parts it's a horror movie. Um, and there's so many other things that I'm just leaving out. Um, it's yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Um, I've I've said many times before that it is. The Ghostbusters of uh, my generation, um, and uh, <laughs> I stand by that declaration um, because it does a lot of the same things that Ghostbusters does. It has a cast that I and a pairing that I think is equally as iconic, despite the overused nature of that word, um, as that cast is. And it just it it breaks a lot of rules in terms of all the different genres that are mixing about in it um and also it does something that a lot of movies that break genre rules do which is it builds this world this very deep layered textured world where you believe everything that's going on regardless of how ridiculous things might be um and yeah there's just this sort of sense of scale um and there's also kind of a a wink and a nod at the audience of like, you get what we're doing here. <laughs> you get the tone of this movie. Um, and you understand at points that it's kind of a, it's kind of a satire. It's kind of making fun of what happens in a beer, in a bureaucracy, what happens uh, in government. Um, and just all these, all these little like weird in jokes um, throughout the movie that, uh, that just add different layers to it as an adult things that, you don't really notice as a child. So, um, yeah, it's a, I, I don't know if I sold anybody on this movie who hasn't seen it, but it's a, it's an interesting 
addition to the list. Yeah. I, think. I want to watch it mainly because you you've been praising it a lot uh, when we've spoken about it, and I, 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 I it's just a movie. I think I've seen pieces of it just because you have to at some point, but uh, I, I don't know. I never had a chance to watch it. It's one of those that was always like one of my one one of my friends' movies that he mm. talked about all the time, and then I never got to see, and I was bummed out because I never got to see it. Anyway. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think but... the third one was kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah. That's my my uh, <laughs> my take. Yeah. It's, here's the thing. It's not that the third one is bad, or even, or even I'd say that the second one is bad. It's that they never should have made sequels in much in the same way that I don't know if there needed to be other Ghostbusters movies past the first one. Um, I don't know if we needed a Men in Black 2 or a Men in Black 3. I'm going to see the Tessa Thompson, Chris Hemsworth Men in Black because of those two names that I just said. Um, but I don't know if we actually need that. Um, so yeah, it's a, yeah. it's it's sort of a, it's a movie where it's so one of a kind that I don't, necessarily think that it's possible to truly recreate that formula um but uh i mean you enjoyed it so that does say something about it and as barry barry sonnenfeld's skill as a director as well yeah i feel the new one is uh has nothing to do with the old ones other than being set in the old universe it's not even trying to emulate them from mm. what i can see yeah it's not it's not trying to do it's not really even trying to do the same tone. Um, it's sort of just a fun action movie with sort of some of the same rules that were pre-established in some of the cast. But yeah, I'm I'm into it. I'm I'm into what they're doing with it. I I think. Um, but yeah, uh, the original is good. The cast is fantastic. Vincent D'Onofrio. There's nothing else that needs to be said. It's Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, yeah. Just yeah um so yeah uh go give that one a shot i guess um yeah it's, it's really interesting when some of us haven't seen when we both haven't seen all the movies it's like hmm what do we say about that but, yeah. <laughs> but I, um, I think I, I like when we're trying to convince the other to watch the movie i think yeah <laughs> Uh, my next one, I'm sh I know you've seen, and I think it fits well with this pick. It's uh, another uh, action comedy sci-fi film, uh, The World's End. Um, yeah, yeah, a movie that's like has some of my favorite choreographed action scenes, but also is mostly a comedy, but also is an, an Asian, uh, but not Asian, alien invasion <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I skipped like uh, five syllables to get to the end of invasion <laughs> it happens um yeah i i i think the world's end is still uh my favorite edgar wright film um because it mixes all those genres very that are very uh in one cohesive whole that's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, but also like uh, an exploration of two characters and their friendship and how like and mental illness, but 
and also is like a very a very interesting movie about like uh, aliens influencing us <laughs> and how humans would react to them it a I, yeah, I love this movie and I think it's like kind of hard to classify and it's fun because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a hard one for me to describe as well. Like it's, it is, it is everything you said. Like it's, it's, it's sort of a take on invasion of the body snatchers and that type of thing. Um, but there's also, um, and I, I'm, basing this off of a vague memory, but there's also sort of a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy type thing going on. Um, very sort of like sardonic and um, not, they're not taking it too seriously. Like the aliens, yeah. like the, when they leave, they're like, okay, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go, go play in your corner, do whatever the fuck you want. We're, we're done. We give up. Um, so yeah, like there's this, there is this sense of like dread in very in a couple very big moments, um, and moments where you really are like scared for some of these characters, um, which is not something that I ever thought I would say. Like, I think this is the scariest movie in the Cornetto trilogy, um, <laughs> in, in part, um, which is interesting. Um, and you would actually think it might be like Hot Fuzz. Um, actually in parts but um no like i think this movie has some moments that uh match either of the other two um but also again like it can go from that to some of some of the funniest stuff i've ever heard and and i feel like americans have this idea about british comedy that it's much more serious uh than american comedy but it, in especially in some edgar wright movies it's really not <laughs> some yeah. of it's just it just sounds more serious when they say it. Um, but there's some very goofy stuff going on in this movie in particular. Um, there's like one-liners that I I just laugh every time. And I've watched this movie like 10, 15 times. And I, mm -hmm. I, I, I just can't. Like Simon Pegg is just hilarious. But also he's like completely broken as a human being. And it's... And the movie treats it, manages to treat it seriously while like using him very well for comedy's sake. Yeah, and also this is something that I appreciate more and more as time goes on and as we enter the dark world that we are now living in. Um, his character is, um, he's never, it's never treated as like a, a good thing that he's the way he is until the apocalypse comes. Like... <laughs> He's treated as a character who is very specifically suited for a, a certain existence, and he really doesn't fit in at all otherwise. Um, and I feel like there are a lot of people who maybe are the that Simon Pegg character in real life um, who otherwise might see him as like a hero or something, um, much in the way that there are people who uh, watch Fight Club and do not realize it's a satire. Um, they take it completely seriously. Um, so yeah, I like that there's never, it's not until the entire world ends and he has robot clones with him 
uh, that his character is really seen as a as a viable option in terms of being <laughs> a human being. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's and again, it's never the movie never quite treat him like. Uh, the the movie always still cares about him. I mean, yes. from the beginning, and it's it's uh, and I think Edgar Wright is very good at uh, doing that, making you care about things you'd never think you would. I think, mm-hmm. I think like uh, recently, I, I I watched like a a video about uh, Baby Driver and how it treats uh, tinnitus. Uh, and it's very, a very interesting and interesting thing to see because the movie, like when there's no music playing, then you just hear it and you're just that character living it. And it's, it, and I think he's a director that cares so much about like how he portrays his characters and his point of views. And I, I think it shows really well in uh, the world's end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything? Uh. Sort of any. Because I have no sort of yeah. final thoughts on this one. Um. I, I. I would just. Just because I mentioned it, I would have. I thought about putting Baby Driver on this list because it's an action movie, but it's also is a musical. But. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I chose World's End over it. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um. Yeah. Uh. Good pick. Um. I might as well just go to one of my later movies on my list, just just for the sake of, um, uh, well, yeah, I, the words are not coming to me right now. But my next pick is uh, Scott Pilgrim, because um, <laughs> why not? Um, yeah, so Scott Pilgrim is my favorite Edgar Wright movie, actually. Um, and um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is um, about it. Maybe there's something about the fact that it is set in the continent of America <laughs> um, uh, that, uh, I don't know, maybe I connect with that more for some reason. Um, and I, I watched it at a much earlier age than I did Baby Driver. And um, I'm not as cool as Ansel Elgort. I never will be cool. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. So, But yeah, Scott Pilgrim is this... I don't even know how to classify this one in terms of genre either. This definitely fits into that thing where I can't tell you if this is a comedy or if it's a romance, um, if it's an action movie, it's sort of, it's all those things. Um, but it's, and it's also um, in parts, it's kind of like, it's kind of dark in some places that are kind of unexpected, um, like a dark drama in bits and pieces. Uh, and, this is something that I I brought up during the, sort of the Tim Burton episode that we did, is that the movie never treats any of these young people like what they're saying isn't true to them. Like yeah. none of their emotions are ever trivialized. Uh, specifically, the character of Knives Chow, like she's never treated as if she's silly for feeling the way that she feels, um, or anybody else for that matter. Um, everybody is sort of. Uh, legitimized in how they feel about the world, even uh, like the big bad of the movie, uh, Gideon. Um, he's you root against him actively, um, but you understand sort of 
why he feels the way that he feels and sort of the entitlement that he has. Um, and he's, he's played so well by, uh, Jason Reitman or Jason Reitman. Uh, no, that's not who it is. Um, I I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know why I said Jason Raymond though. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's the whole cast is fantastic. Um, Aubrey Plaza before Aubrey Plaza was a thing. Um, as, as the girl who every time she says a curse word, her like, uh, black box appears over her mouth and her words become blurred. Um, that's the other thing. It plays with sort of what is real and what isn't like, there's a lot of, moments where there are visual gags going on on the screen um there's a there's a p meter at one point um it just plays with sort of a movie is and what a comic book is and as far as movies that try to capture how it feels to read a comic book and take sort of aspects of that type of storytelling and bringing them into film it's one of the best for that um i think spider-verse owes a huge debt to this movie um, I don't think that movie happens without it. So yeah, uh, I don't know if, if I also, yeah, I also love this movie. I basically, love every every Edgar Wright film at this point. But yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I like how it's how can I say it? it's like it's a comic that uses video game as video games as like uh, a way of physically uh portraying relationships and then when it's it's when it becomes a movie adaptation it becomes a movie adaptation of the comic adaptation of video game elements which i think is very interesting i think it does gives like a weird combination aesthetic uh that really works and i think just uh it's a movie about like the relationships between those characters that that like weird love triangle and how it literally uh, physically personifies those relationships through the video game elements it's very cool <laughs> yeah um, yeah it does a lot of a lot of things um yeah and like i said the cast is insane because it's it's captain marvel <laughs> and it's it's captain america after he was human torch before he was captain america it's Alison Pill, who's been in a lot of small little things, uh, but I know her mostly from uh, the newsroom. Yeah. Um, just yeah, just crazy cast of uh, really talented people um, across the board. And Brandon Routh before his sort of reemergence. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a yeah. it's a fantastic Great. movie. Um, yeah. Great movie. Definitely yeah. worth watching and definitely. A... <laughs> Another example of a girl right being good at just making mixing stuff to just make mm. just fulfill his vision, which I think makes for the, those best like weird jar mix-ups. And I guess there's one last thing in sort of the same vein as The World's End. It's another movie where when you objectively look at it, the main character isn't the best person. Um, you know, uh, I wouldn't be the first person to look back on and say, well, Scott's not really the good guy in this story. He's kind of, he's kind of a, a, a shit bag, um, as they say. Um, <laughs> uh, not to the same degree that, um, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but, uh, not to the same degree as the lead character in the world's end. Um, 
but still, he's he's not a great guy. And it, it shows that I think Edgar Wright's one of the few people that can really do that, that can have a lead character who's not a likable person, but still make you like them um, through the movie and sort of have you accept it. Because I feel like not a lot of directors can get away with that now. Uh, having a lead who is just a terrible person, just yeah. an awful, awful guy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I have anything else really to say about that movie. I, I feel like a lot of people who are who would listen to this probably know this movie. So yeah, probably. Uh, so my next pick is one I feel like I wanted you to watch since almost when we started doing this podcast, and it's uh, <laughs> the killing of a secret deer, uh, directed by Yorgos Lantimos, uh, a movie that feels very unique in the sense that it's a very Yorgos film, a movie where uh, like n it's hard to define what kind of jar it is. Uh, I think I'd call it horror most of all, but it's also like in the same way his movies are comedies in that everyone speaks like they're not really human and everything feels kind of wrong and weirdly funny because it's weird like in the black comedy sense it's also like mm -hmm. uh it's also difficult to call it horror because most of the way through you're not really realizing what's truly happening you think everything is circumstance until it isn't and it's and it's horror in the same way that kind of uh some uh, stephen king story Czar. I haven't read a lot of his stuff, but I feel like it's his vibe. It's like uh, a surgeon is friends with a kid uh, that you later learn that he did the operation on his uh, on his father, um, a heart heart uh, a heart heart surgery on his father, and the father didn't make it. Uh, and as revenge, the boy curses uh, the surgeon um to that the curses him he has to kill one of his family members or they all will die from a sickness that slowly debilitates them and he tries to like use violence on the kid and like it's very it's very harrowing to watch both because of the style that's like really off-putting and because of like what's happening uh but it's still like weirdly entertaining in in a way that has like nothing to do with the horror of the story i, I think you'd really like this movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah it, it's it's always sounded interesting i guess um i just i don't know something about everything i've heard about some of his movies and um, not to give away that we're sort of re-recording this, but uh, <laughs> uh, my example from a previous version of this is that I've heard a lot that sometimes his movies feel different in one half or the other, that sometimes they kind of take a turn and it doesn't necessarily go for the better. And I have heard that about more, uh, less this movie and more uh, The Lobster and other some of his other movies. But the lobster is the one where I mainly hear that the 
the first part of it's really interesting. The setup is very good. And then it kind of loses steam. Um, I, I feel like the first part is interesting of the lobster. If you're watching it only because of the weird premise, because uh, the second part is very good in terms of, of character and like uh, society criticism, but it's mm -hmm. a lot more serious. There's a lot like less weird stuff. Uh, it's not more about these characters and it's, I don't know. I, I like the second half as well, uh, but I understand like people that are all about that first half. The one I really want to see is Dog Tooth, but I haven't had a chance. His first, uh, his first big movie. Certainly the uh, one that gave him a name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've known about Dog Tooth for years before he ever really made anything sort of big. Um, so yeah. Um, hmm. I'm, I'm definitely leaning more towards trying out uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer just because I've heard yeah. it from so many people and you know, even if you hear <laughs> from people that, from that like, you don't agree or, with or like the five times it was me <laughs> well yes, yes, yes but I, I also listen to a lot of podcasts and like I've heard opinions from people who didn't like it but because they didn't like it I was almost more interested <laughs> um and I feel like I feel like we've all had that experience where, uh, you know, you know, somebody didn't like a thing that you liked. So you're automatically more interested in something else that they didn't like, because <laughs> maybe that person's just generally wrong in your opinion. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, um, definitely more looking into it. And I, and I will say that Yorgos is uh, even though I haven't. I have intentionally stayed away from some of his movies. I can recognize the talent um, just based off of uh, watching the favorite and just watching the trailers for his movies. Like he's a very skillful director. Um, so yeah, definitely anybody listening to this, go and check this out. Um, yeah. And come back and tell me that it's good. <laughs> Help convince me to watch it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to go with your next pick? Yeah, I will. I will do that. Um, <laughs> uh, so my next pick is uh, one that I talked about on a lot of shows. I think just about on every show that I've been on, um, and that is a uh, Hellboy from two thousand four. Um, not the one that uh, is coming out very soon at the time of this recording and getting uh, critically. Uh, uh, axed, uh, <laughs> stabbed. Uh, it's now at ten percent, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I wonder who saw that coming. Not me. Certainly not me. Um, no, I joke, of course. Um, but yeah, this this one from two thousand four, though it um it's really really good. Um, and I I say that while acknowledging that I watched this movie at a very young age. <laughs> And I am completely unable to judge it um, fairly <laughs> or critically in any way. Um, but yeah, it's a movie that I think does a lot of things at once. It manages to balance comedy and melodrama and action. And in some sequences, light horror. As a child, it didn't feel like light horror. But um, yeah, it's it's doing a lot and it's very hard to really pin down a genre. Uh, as an adult, I would actually maybe say comedy, but even then, that's just, you know, that's a gun to my head type of situation. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my 
pick. Um, I assume most people have seen Hellboy, but if you haven't, go yeah. try it out. It's real fun. I've seen it when I was a lot younger, and I don't remember most of it. It's like one I need to revisit. Yeah. Uh, both both the Hellboy films, I think they're they're like kind of are one thing in my head. Uh, so I, yeah. I they're, they're on my list of things I really want to rewatch. Uh, yeah, I don't know where to go from there. Other no. than uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a that's my yeah. pick. Not much how do you f- yeah, how do you feel about uh this the first one compared to the second one in terms of like uh, style and genre of movies? Or so, so that's again that's another hard question for me. So when I when I saw the second one, Hellboy was like the first movie that I like loved. So when I came to the second one the same year that Dark Knight came out and Iron Man came out, I kind of didn't react the best to it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I still ended up, like, buying it on home video and, like, um, you know, <laughs> still watching it endlessly the same way that I did the first one. But I, I do not look at that movie fondly. And when people tell me it's better than the first one, I kind of don't know how to react to that because I've... I've just always felt like it. It feels like it feels like Guillermo kind of lost track of the story and the plot to me, and he got too focused on the world um, and building a world. Which now, with some time, it seems like up until Shape of Water, he kind of did that for every movie he's released in recent years, um, even Pacific Rim, which I love he kind of lost track of like characters and real human beings. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's my feelings about Hellboy two that I know are endlessly unpopular because everybody loves Hellboy two. It seems except me. So yeah. Yeah. I, (laughs) I'm not sure if I entirely agree on human character but i, I kind of see what you're saying uh i think it's a <laughs> I, 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 anything else or i just move on to my next pick let's, let's go to your next yeah okay, my next pick is uh, uh probably the least well known of the movies as i'm going to talk about it's a french film called uh holy motors it came out uh early 2010s uh, it's a movie about an actor, an actor going through his day where he's hired to perform different, uh, different acting jobs. I'll say very where he he's picked up by his driver, who's like a, a friend of who's been a friend of his for a long time, and she drives him around in a limo and. Like during the limo, he gets into makeup and costume and becomes a different person and just acts basically and becomes another person. And there's no camera, there's no like, uh, it feels like act. It's a new, it's set in a world where acting has become something completely different, or at least, or maybe everything is filmed, so you don't need to actually have cameras. We're not really sure what's going on, and it, it and he's 
jobs get weirder and weirder and he meet another actress and you get to learn more about him and his life but it's a it's just a very weird movie that has like some like kind of science fiction stuff just because of the context of what's happening there's also like some very weird fantasy thing like stay and watch that movie until the very end for uh the limo to start are talking to other limos and i'm not even like joking and it, there's no like context for that and this is just the ending of the movie is that and it's it's teased in the trailer <laughs> so i don't feel bad for saying it because maybe it'll convince you and it has like no bearing on the rest of the film but yeah it's a weird very 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 good movie one of the best movies i've seen i think uh I, i'd call it one of the best of the last decade easily so one that's very hard to put in a box but it's very is very much uh something people should watch yeah <laughs> it sounds it sounds interesting this is the again not to break character but this is the second time i've had you pitch this to me and i am every time i hear about this i'm more interested in it and i'm yeah it's it's, it's definitely higher on my list of priorities i guess um yeah, it's it sounds very curious and uh, yeah, very interesting. Uh, I'll I'll definitely check it out at some point. Um, report back on the show. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah. Do you want to move on to All your right. last pick? Yeah. Um, I guess drum roll for this pick that Eric already knows what it is. Um, yes. Uh, so my last pick is uh, the film Kill Bill. Um, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's um, epic. Um, I would call it his best film, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's his best film. Um, and, I, and I am, of course, for those listening, I am talking about the two parts as one film, not e- either part individually. Because I think that it's a more complete film as one piece. Um, and uh, I think that any sort of imbalance that people might feel from watching one part or the other, um, they are smoothed out by watching it as one film. It feels it's a very long thing to sit through, but I, I think it just works. Um, and emotionally. Just. just watch it like it's an old movie stick a 30 minute break in between have lunch get back to it it's it's like a great experience to watch in one go yeah it's it really it really works as one film um so yeah and it's as with all tarantino movies it's hard to nail down a genre so of course it, it works for this list um yeah because i i couldn't i couldn't say it's a drama it's a melodrama it's of course a Hong Kong style action movie, and then in some parts it's kind of like a horror or a thriller. Um, some parts it's a comedy, depending on which character you're following. Um, so yeah, it, it just goes in so many different directions. And as I told in a previous version of this exact episode, um, <laughs> I watched it with my grandmother for the first time, and that's she was sort of there with me at my introduction to Tarantino. So definitely a formative was, was it a movie she showed to you because she liked it, or did you just watch it together the first time? 
she she showed it to me because she liked it and because so she knew that my mom would never show me that movie <laughs> like, but my grandma does not care <laughs> like that's just who she is um so yeah like she let me borrow pulp fiction and i couldn't tell my mom that i borrowed it like she's that kind of grandma she's she's, oh, that's she's really so yeah um she's always been she's uh, her and my grandpa i've always said they're they've been corrupting me for <laughs> since i was like 10 or 9 so yeah um very uh, very formative figures in my life uh showing me pulp fiction and my grandpa telling me that there's no god um yeah so, yeah so great <laughs> all good signs of corruption <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, the best kind of corruption. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I assume that if you haven't seen Kill Bill, you're too young for it. So go watch it now if you didn't miss it. Um, however, I and this is something that was brought up on the previous version of this episode. I will understand if some of the Weinstein stuff and some of the behind the scenes stuff kind of scares you off. That's completely yeah. There's like um, the, the, the weird story about Tarantino almost breaking, uh, almost breaking Emma Thurman's neck. So, yeah, yeah that kind of kind of makes it harder to rewatch that driving scene. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Anything, anything to do with that? And uh, any any questions I had about why we don't have a part three already were answered when I heard that yeah. story. Um, so. Yeah, but um, it is a it is a good movie if you get a if you do give it a chance. So, yeah, uh, that's a that's the list from each of us. Um, this is something I'm just introducing on the fly just to make this more interesting. Um, if you had to pick five from both of our lists as like the definitive, these are the law. These are the five. What would what would your five be? Um, just curious, even though you haven't seen some of mine and I haven't seen some of yours. I feel like we have to put uh, at least one Edgar Wright for sure. Um, I feel like actually uh, Scott Pilgrim is almost more of a like a mix of genre films. I, 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 I like it as like a weird style experiment as much as like a... Um, an action movie and a comedy and uh yeah no i think that's one that has to be on there um i'm trying to remember what we talked about last week i feel like uh, i also put like a yorgos film on there as well so i put the killing of a secret deer it's like it's fair one of yeah. those weird things um You help me out. What would you would you if you were yeah, doing this uh, together? Like we're not yeah. each doing five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my so my full list is Army of Darkness, Men in Black, Scott Pilgrim, Hellboy, and Kill Bill. Um, and I would add to that list. I would add Men in Black. Um, yeah. And then, uh, what was what was the beginning of your list? Because it, uh, it has been a while. A girl walks home alone at night. Swiss Army Men and the World's End. Um, um, I feel like either Army of Darkness or A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night is like yeah. A, yeah. a weird horror thing that's not a horror thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like that's... 
<laughs> I I don't know. No, I think that's. I think if we do, so if we do, okay. Arm, let's say Army of Darkness, Scott yeah. Pilgrim, a girl walks home alone at night, killing of a sacred deer, um, and then I don't know, maybe Kill Bill, um, but I yeah. could. Yeah, Kill, I, I I do. Yeah, Kill Bill is good. Uh, maybe Swiss Army Man. I think is like a, mm-hmm. a fun weird thing that's like a good yeah. jarbender. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that. So those okay. for those listening, those are the five or six that you should listen to and report back to us and tell yeah. us what you thought about them. Um, those are the must the must watches. So. If you've yeah. watched them, just tell us. Uh, you can write. To us, if you want to send us an email, if you were born before uh, 1995, uh, you can do that at uh, losharopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet at me at Matt Isayer. Uh, follow me there. And that's for my plugs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can. I don't do plugs. I don't. I mean, I don't do socials. Um, <laughs> uh, so I assume you listen to the Phantom Zone. But if you aren't, go go listen to that. Go listen to any of our movie specials or our After Darks. Um, uh, you don't have to listen to all the After Darks, but you should because uh, there might be some plans in place for a certain After Dark that is nine episodes away. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. Who knows? Um, uh, so yeah, go, go check that out. Uh, listen to the previous episodes of the monster mash podcast. Um, and know that there will be an episode (laughs) for March. (laughs) If I have to bring it out of somebody's goddamn ears. Um, (laughs) uh, so yes, uh, go, go listen to that. Um, and, uh, just in general, uh, yeah, please like, like, subscribe, rate all the all the things to this show, and t- tell your friends about it. Yeah. Uh, tell your friends about your favorite episode if you're a long time listener. Um, uh, so yeah, and uh, that's all I that's all I can really think of. Um, so, bye. Fuck Peter Farrelly. Bye.